What's going on, guys? If this is your first time tuning into Living Real Driven, welcome. I'm your host, Nick Updike, and I started this podcast to really help you guys push your comfort zone, get uncomfortable, and evolve mentally, physically, spiritually, and most importantly, embrace that badass version of yourself that you're meant to be, whether you believe it or not. I'm going to get you to believe it. So get ready to hear from experts in different industries as well as people that are just like you and me that are pursuing their passions to the fullest and taking that necessary massive action regardless of all the challenges and adversities and punches in the face that they're going to experience on their journey. I'm going to show you guys that living an impactful life filled with purpose is possible. You don't have to settle for that 9 to 5 average life if you're willing to work your ass off and make the necessary sacrifices. No more freaking excuses. If you're ready to dominate life and become the person you're destined to be, get your notes out and let's begin living a real driven life today. Alright, what's up guys? Welcome to Living Real Driven. I'm your host Nick Updike and today I have my fraternity brother and student body president of the University of Florida on the show. I've known Ian now for almost three years and although our relationship started off a little rocky with him calling me kind of a messed up version of my last name, <laughs> we've really come a long way since then and our friendships developed and I'm extremely proud of all that you've accomplished in your time here and you will continue to accomplish after you graduate. Appreciate Thanks it, for being on the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited for you to share some of your knowledge and experience and just everything that's been going on the past few years with the audience. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm an open book. I'm willing to share my experience. I feel that growth comes from when you allow yourself to be vulnerable and to showcase what you've learned and also what you can learn from others. For sure. So I guess let's just start off with how you got involved in the student government in the first place because mm -hmm. for those of you that don't know you are a finance major you're not trying to go into political science or anything like that so i'm curious why you ran for president and like how you got involved in the first place yeah so i mean both my parents went to the university of florida i've been a gator my whole life and i really didn't know a lot of people when i got here on campus being an out-of-state gator being from atlanta um, i didn't know how i would fit into the university of florida's climate but i did know one thing and that was I wanted to leave this campus better than I found it. And so with the help of mentors and friends that I met my freshman year, I was able to learn about the amazing opportunities student government gives our fellow students the ability to create real and tangible change. And so from there, my time within student government senate, um, and then now obviously as student body president has been one of the most rewarding experiences I could have ever imagined. And I can truly say when I graduate on May 3rd that I've left this campus better than I found it. Oh yeah. So how are you able to, you started, where'd you start? You started with Senate or mm -hmm. the Senate and then you were able to work your way up to becoming president. Can you talk a little bit about that whole process and how that worked? Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> within, <laughs> within student government Senate, there's six standing committees. You have everything ranging from rules and ethics, the judiciary committee, information, communication, replacement agenda, and then you have budget appropriations and allocations. And those last two committees that I mentioned were the ones I really want to focus on because the Budget Appropriations Committee is what plans and allocates the activity and service fee budget, and then allocations helps fund new student organizations. Um, but within my time in Senate, I actually got rejected from both of those committees three times before I was able to join. I joined the Allocations Committee, then I moved on to the Budget Appropriations Committee. From there, I became the Vice Chair of that, that committee, then I actually chaired the committee. So that summer, after my junior year, I planned the activity and service fee budget for the fiscal year 1819. 
for the amount of $20,411,352.00. And then from there, I went on to become Senate president. So I led the entire uh, Senate body, all 100 senators. And then from there, uh, I was able to run against, run against two other parties um, for the vibe for student body president. And thankfully, I won. Wow, that has been quite a process, huh? It has been, it's been a qu- journey. It's been quite a process. It's probably why I have a couple of gray hairs. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's understandable. So let's quickly talk about leadership and how important leadership and being a leader and playing a leadership role in, you know, in student government and as a president, you're leading the entire Gator community. Mm-hmm. So what type of qualities do you think a leader has, first of all? Yeah, I mean, I think a leader is not what is on cliche or what you really see on TV of someone that talks a lot or is very vocal, um, but one of the biggest proponents I think that makes a real leader is someone that has the ability to listen, to listen to others, and to be able to keep an open mind and open perspective. I feel that in order to lead and lead a group of individuals, you have to constantly be willing to adapt and evolve and change, and the only way you can do that is if you're listening to the things that are around you and the people that are trying to give you advice. I find that very few times people are actually trying to hurt you when they're giving advice. If anything, they're trying to just better you. And so if all you do is just take it and apply it to your life, it allow you to be a better leader. For sure. I know you were telling me earlier when we spoke that it's so important to be able to put your ego aside when you're a leader and actually mentor and help others. Exactly. Yeah, so like being a leader is not for a specific like goal or a specific like position. It's more so about doing what ought to be done and doing something that's bigger than yourself. And so being able to lead, even if that means someone that you're mentoring surpasses you or reaches heights that you weren't able to reach, then that's what you're supposed to be doing as a leader. You're supposed to be bridging the gap and uh, making a pathway for the next person to do better than what you did. That's true leadership. And that only comes with being vulnerable and being authentic with yourself and putting your ego aside. For sure, I like that. So what are some tangible actions that people can take to improve their leadership uh, skills, I guess you'd say? Yeah, I mean, I would say the best way is really figuring out who you are as a person first. It's kind of hard to lead a group of men and women if you don't even know who who you are. And so I would say that's the first one is really just looking into the mirror and finding out who is so-and-so, like what am I about, what kind of change do I want to leave, and like, what is my mission? What is my purpose on life? And once you figure that out, it makes it a lot easier to not only communicate with other individuals, but then hopefully be able to lead them. Right. So, also as a leader, I'm sure you have to delegate a lot of tasks to people. <laughs> like, you know yeah. your strengths, you know what you're good at, yep. you know other people's strengths and what they're good at. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out a way to build a team to have the people do all the stuff that you're not yeah. good at to help you with that, right. that way you can maximize uh, your efficiency and all of that. So talk about the importance of building a team. Yeah, I mean, building a team is is vital. You can look in sports, you can look in politics, you can look in business. Like being able to truly construct a team and then have high levels of team chemistry is the only way that you can reach success as a group. And I would say delegating is probably at at first, in my like leadership journey, was something that I really had to focus on because I like being in control and I like being able to, I guess, choose my own destiny. And so being comfortable with delegating tasks and delegating projects to other individuals was something I had to really work on. But now I'd say it's one of my strong suits, um, especially you could look at small positions as being pledge class president and for my fraternity in FIDO or now as being student body president 
It's knowing your team's strengths and weaknesses and putting them in the best position to succeed. And so I know, for example, when we lobby to Tallahassee, when we lobby in Washington, D.C., I know I need to lean on my external affairs team because that's their specialty. They know what kind of bills are hitting the floor within the Capitol. They know when we actually need to press on certain issues more than others. They have a better understanding because that's their wheelhouse. Or for example, I know when it comes to Accent Speakers Bureau, which brings speakers on campus, it's just a conversation I have with that individual and myself, and then something I would tie in my vice president treasurer because I really want to make sure that we had a diverse group of speakers to campus. And I'm safe to say that we sold out all six shows that we had this year. Wow, that's awesome, dude. So you touched on a big part of being a leader is knowing yourself mm -hmm. and self-confidence. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you have no problem <laughs> voicing your opinion. Nope. I don't care if it's in front of the entire uh, UF community or if it's in our fraternity or yeah. whatever it is. You have no lack of self-confidence. So how have you been able to build that self-confidence? Have you mm -hmm. always been a confident dude? Or is that something that's come um, over time? I would say that's come over time. And just being able, like I said before, being comfortable with who you are. It's kind of hard to put on confidence if it's fake. But if it's like real confidence, like I'm comfortable in my own skin, I'm comfortable in who I am and how I present myself, it's a lot easier to be confident. And so I would say, but those first lessons and really reaching kind of self-confidence is um, something that my dad always told me is like you have to be your own biggest fan. And so being able to find internal joy and solace and striving to be the best version of yourself instead of looking for validation or credit from other people, that's how you can really have like real confidence instead of basing your confidence based on how other people uh, perceive you. Wow, yeah, that's really good. And uh, it also comes into play a lot when you're public speaking, right? Yeah, I like mean, big time. Exactly, so. exactly. When it comes to public speaking, I always tell people uh, you don't really need to have something like played out or know what you're gonna say beforehand, but it's more just taking your time when you speak, which is funny that I speak so much now because up until I was three years old, I never said a word. Like if I wanted like, let's say Gatorade, I would just like look at my mom and like <laughs> point at the Gatorade. Or like if I wanted to like sleep, I would just like point at my bed and like say like, like instead of saying I want to sleep. Right. And so it's kind of funny how now I can't stop talking. But yeah, that is that pretty ironic. That, yeah, that wasn't how it, life started out for me first. When it comes to public speaking, do you uh, still get like butterflies and stuff before you go up to speak? No, it's not really butterflies. It's more like excitement. So the best way like, when people ask me questions like that, I compare it to like sports. So like I played basketball growing up. And so it's kind of like the feeling of like running out of the locker room and coming okay. out into the court. Like it's yeah, good. It's, yeah, up. you're it's hyped like, up. It's good it's energy. Positive energy. Yeah. It's not like necessarily like, ooh, I'm anxious or I'm nervous. Um, like you would be for maybe like a big test or something of that nature. But no, it's more of like, I'm ready to get after it. And typically, if you're believing in yourself and you have that kind of confidence, your speech is gonna come out a lot better too. Right. Was that, just, have you always been like that, even when you first started speaking? Because like, I know for myself, even with mm -hmm. these interviews, like I get like a little, same thing, like excitement before and stuff, mm -hmm. and then slowly, like, as I've been doing more, I've become a lot more comfortable with just talking. So yeah. So comfortable, like speaking in front of that many people, there's cameras on you, there's lights on you. I mean, I would say, I've always had just, I guess, from genetics and just watching my parents, both my parents public speak all the time, oh, okay. especially within the business world. And so speaking, um, I think it just kind of came more natural. Obviously, I think I've improved over time. Like anything, if you practice more, you're going to get better. Um, but I don't, I don't know if there's like a, 
aha moment where I okay, yeah. now I know how to like public speak you know right 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 so would you have any advice for someone who maybe does get nervous public speaking is it just a practice to like go over everything make sure you're comfortable with the material and then you know like what would you tell them yeah just just go for it I mean a lot of the times like, people in the crowd like they don't know when you mess up they don't they didn't see your speech ahead of time they don't know what you're supposed to talk about so if you talk about whatever or you mess up once or twice, it's fine. Yeah, they're not going to know. It's all about continuing to practice and just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's just in life in general. Like that's the best way to be successful is to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. I 100% agree with that. So we have to talk about time management because yeah. that's <laughs> a huge part of your life. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with so many different things at one time, actually, let's just start off. Tell us like what your typical day or week would look like. So a typical day, it's starting to calm down now because my term is coming to an end. But like I would say like in like peak time, like earlier this semester, wake up around 7, 6.30, roughly around that time. I would dart, dart to the gym, go to the gym, come back, shower, get into my suit because I know I have meetings later on that day. And so there's no point in having to try to run back home. Right. Then... I always have class and at 9.30 in the morning. I feel that it's just easier. And I would much rather have class Monday through Thursday, even if it means I have a morning class, than to have class on Friday. Because Fridays, I like to use that for my time, whether that's really just having a good day at the gym or playing basketball or like hanging out with my friends. I like to use Friday for a day of like peace and relax. And so from there, I'll go to class. Then I would go to the SG office, um, meet with my team, make sure everything's in order. Then from there on out, meetings throughout the day. So I'll drive back over to Tiger, and I'll be at Tiger. Then I'll probably drive over to, uh, like, let's say, transportation and parking services if I need to talk there. And then I might have like another class later that day. And so I'll finish off at Huff before I go back home and eat dinner. Right. And then after that, studying or preparing for a meeting that I have the next day or preparing for a lobbying trip, etc. For sure. And you are in a fraternity, so... You haven't had to completely sacrifice that whole social aspect, which is really cool. Like you're able to get all this done, and you're also able to enjoy yourself and like hang out with friends too. So exactly, and I, I say like it's so important. You find time for the things that you value, and so if you don't value it and you feel like you don't have time for it, then that's because it's not it's not a part of your life. But like making sure that I was there for my friends, making sure that I was there for my girlfriend, making sure that I set time alone for myself. I valued it, and that's why I was able to make time for it in the day. And so there's the 24 hours in the day, and I feel, especially at our age, like we don't need sleep as much as you did when you were a child or how much you're going to need it when you're way older. Like this is your peak time to get like a lot of stuff done. Have there ever been any times where you were just like super freaking stressed out and you are just like, oh, most oh, what's going on? Most certainly. And in those times, I kind of just like shut everything out. And then like I'll go into my room or like I'll book a room in Huff Hall and I'll just like grind. Like a lot of times people when they get stressed out, they freeze. I, I, even when I was younger, like my parents have always told me like when I get stressed, like I do more because I, the, the stress is almost like kind of like adrenaline for me. It kind of like pushes me further. It's like, okay, like I know I have this exam Friday instead of me stressing about it and stressing about I have like a formal on Thursday. Let me just like grind now right. and that's yeah. kind of how I take stress something my parents always told me is like when you have that many things like this week for example I have three exams the next few days then mm-hmm. I'm flying to Dallas and then I have another interview and 
you can't like think about all the stuff in the future. You have to sit down and focus on one thing at a time. So like, all right, I have an exam tomorrow. I'm gonna sit down, focus an hour or two, study for that, and then I'm gonna move on to the next thing. But all you're gonna do is cause yourself anxiety and worry when you're focusing on all those things you have to get done in the future. Exactly. And that's something that's really helped me. No, yeah. I mean, that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, let's go over to skip topics, kind of go to personal development. Okay. How important is self-education in addition to getting like your formal education at UF? Oh, it's huge because you're, you're learning throughout your entire life. Like just because you graduate from the University of Florida, you graduate from high school, like you're constantly learning. You're learning from your job. You're learning from the people around you. You're learning from the books you read. You're learning from what you watch on TV, mm-hmm. from what you read in the news. And so life is constantly about learning. And that's why I love learning so much. I mean, I'm getting my third degree right, right, right now. Right. So clearly I, I, like, I like school <laughs> and I like knowledge. And so it's constantly finding what areas are you weak at and also what format is the best way for you to receive information because not everyone receives information the same way. I know 100%. some people, they could read a book and they remember everything. And there's some people that can watch something on TV and remember everything. And there's also other people that like learn a lot more like actually living that experience and so you have to find out whatever your learning style is and then hone in on that to make sure that you can gain the most information in the most efficient amount of time yeah you pretty much hit on the nail with that one like for me that's podcast and reading i love reading i read i highlight write little notes in like the margins like all that mm-hmm. stuff but it's also connecting with people and learning from other people's experiences that's exactly. that's by far my favorite i would love i just love sitting down with people like i'm doing with you and picking your brain and learning from what's worked with you and then kind of picking and choosing the certain things that like uh like not everything's going to work for you right of course doing so you pick and choose see what works for you and just getting advice from people who are kind of farther along on that path that you want to go down no most certainly it's always about and that's what's so great about mentorship is not only receiving mentorship from others that have done something in the wheelhouse that you want to perform in, but also being able to provide the information that you've received and give it to the next person. Because that's the only way we're going to be able to succeed, not only as, as leaders, but also just as a human race, is by being able to transform that information into something that can be positive for the next generation. Right. Have you had any mentors in your life or people who have influenced oh, you? Hundreds, hundreds of mentors. Definitely talk about like maybe just like one or two like key mentors i know it's a lot of people have mentors in different areas of their life yeah so you just hit on like one or two and how they've helped you so my dad's obviously one of my biggest mentors from my i've known how to tie double windsor since i was like seven years old like a lot a lot of kids don't have that kind of experience well, i didn't cut you off i sold this guy like don't show up to the interview unless you're wearing a suit because <laughs> that's like his thing i that's see him thing. in a suit more than 50 percent of the time oh easily team. easily like i would say this year I was probably like on a streak of wearing a suit like 45 days in a row. Just like Monday through Sunday, I, I had something that I had to be in a suit. But like, that's what makes the job so much fun is like being able to showcase your professional, especially to a lot of these administrators. These people are 40, 50, 60 years old with PhDs and master's degrees. And so if you're trying to showcase a lot of times asking for money in order to do the project that you want to do, you have to come off as someone that's presentable and that you know your stuff. For sure. But going back into the mentor question that you were asking is my dad's a huge mentor, whether that's in my desire to learn, my desire for dressing appropriately. Um, He's really just been a great way and not only when it comes to success, but more importantly, how to be a man. And so my dad's a huge mentor, but more specifically, I guess, to like student government, a huge mentor that I had 
um, was my friend McLean Edwards. He's the one that first introduced me to student government. He's the one that allowed me to see the bigger picture, to not get caught up in the politics that will inevitably happen in student government, especially when student government is, such a, is in control of such a large budget and has a lot of autonomy on campus. There are naturally going to be people um, that want the same position or want to be in the same area of responsibility. So that's when politics can happen. But being able to see the bigger picture, being able to not be, I, I guess, cutthroat, but just being honest and authentic um, really helped me a long way. For sure. All right, so we touched on networking briefly, but mm -hmm. how important is it to you to build those strong relationships and you know, cultivate a strong inner circle of people, you know, whether that's your friend, your girlfriend, but people that believe in you and uplift you. Yeah, I mean, I, like I was kind of telling you before, um, you're a culmination of the five people you spend the most time with. And so choose wisely because those people are going to influence you, influence you in ways that you can't even see way down the line. And so really surrounding yourself with people that are not, not only going to uplift you, but are also going to be able to... Um, be honest with you so you can work on your flaws and strengthen your strengths and really just be be the best version of yourself and so that really having that strong team is vital but then also like you were saying networking networking is really great because at the end of the day we're all trying to succeed and you're not going to be able to succeed in every aspect of life and so you it's good to have people that are stronger or have a better wheelhouse in a certain area than you do and so you can lean on them for advice lean on them for support or even partnership or collaboration 100 percent. i'd say most of the interviews i've done so far have been through someone i connected with like built formed a relationship with and they actually are the ones who were like hey like i know someone who would be really cool for your interview show or something yeah and that's how it was formed that's really how everything is formed i help people out when i can they help me out when they can and just it's all about providing value and you know using your resources exactly properly. exactly have you encountered any difficult challenges or struggles on your journey so far, either through life or throughout the student government? Oh, oh, uh, of course. Process. I mean, just I've had multiple articles written about me that are anything but true. I've had people try to get into my personal life. I've had people try to even mess with my family. Like, there's Jeez, all, yeah. you're always you're obviously gonna have obstacles and struggles and tribulations on the pathway to success. Um, the ones that really separate being good and being great is being able to overcome those barriers and obstacles and to be able to still have your eye on the prize, whether that prize is. That prize can be a position or really just internal joy in finding success and whatever that means for you. Yeah. And how do you deal with the slander and the criticism you get? Because you, when so many people are seeing what you're doing, like there's going to be comments, there's going to be emails, yeah. there's going to be a bunch of stuff. So like, how do you handle that? I mean, the, I would say the best way to kind of describe it is I know this sounds like cheesy or corny um, but like there's a, a future lyric where he says if you ain't got haters you ain't popping and that's I think that's the truest statement I've ever heard in my life because people only hate on people that are succeeding like you see all these primetime athletes like literally the perfect specimen of a human being being able to jump 40 inches in the air or being able to leap 15 feet this way like no, most people can't do that However, you see so many of those people getting criticism over one bad game or one bad performance, and there's a reason why. It's because they're great and they're succeeding. And so being able to understand that you're going to have criticism, you're going to have haters when you're on the pathway to succeeding, and even once you reach that success, you can even reach some bigger heights, and that just means 
more criticism, more scrutiny, but also it can mean uh, more accolades and more recognition if that's something that interests you. Yeah, so I guess you can't really ever get rid of it. You just have to learn, you know, just put them aside. Like, they don't matter. They're exactly. Not, they're not going to affect your life. And the people who are often criticizing you are the people who are below you. They're doing way less than you. Exactly. Someone who's doing more than you isn't going to, well, rarely isn't going to, like, just be like, dude, you suck, or, like, something like that. Exactly, exactly. And they understand. They've been in your shoes. Too. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, if, like, on the pathway to success, you're definitely going to have people um, that are critiquing you and a lot of times it's just because they're too scared to realize their own dreams or to dare to do things that they wanted to but are essentially too scared. Awesome. I want to open up the discussion to like a topic I know is important to you mm -hmm. and that's like understanding your why and your purpose for doing something. Yeah. Yeah, so what are your thoughts? Like what is your why first of all? Like your mm -hmm. purpose for doing all that? I know it's to help the school. Right. But like long term also like I mean, long, what drives you? What drives you? Long term, my why is to be able to affect the lives of those that are feeling unheard, are feeling unseen, and don't have a seat at the table. And so, in any way that I can use my influence, my privilege, my power to be able to help those individuals, then I'm continuing to remember my why. And your why can get tweaked in certain areas based on what aspect of life you're in. So, like, this past five years, my why has been specifically dedicated to those that are unheard, unseen, and don't have a seat at the table at the University of Florida. Obviously, once I graduate, I mean, I'll still care about this university, but it won't be so UF-focused. It'll be more focused on whatever community I'm in. It'll be focused in whatever company I'm working for. I'll be working for Procter & Gamble um, starting in June, so that'll be a huge focus is on how I can help my fellow co-workers not only to succeed in creating revenue and in creating value for the company, but also in our own personal lives and our own personal endeavors as well. For sure. And I think one of the reasons it's so important to have a why in your mind and in your heart, even written out, mm -hmm. I have mine written out, is because things are going to get tough. Like You're going to face challenges. And when you can remind yourself of why you're doing it in the first place, mm -hmm. you're able to push through those difficult times. Oh, yeah. For me, at least, that's... That's how I've lived, and it's helped me tremendously. So, I mean, I'm assuming you probably agree with that. You're shaking oh, your head. Oh, thousand percent, thousand percent. Like you, whatever mechanism works for you to be able to kind of reach uh, equilibrium. Like a lot of people have different ways, and as long as you know how to reach there, and you can continually get there within a efficient amount of time, then you're doing what you're supposed to do to live not only a productive life but also a happy and healthy life. For sure. Have you had any times while you're running? or while being president that you're like, this is just too much, like, this sucks, like, I'm getting criticism, I have all this work, like, this is just terrible, and you felt kind of, like, giving up, or no? I mean, honestly, no, like, I mean, I knew it was gonna be tough, people were like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a crazy year, it's gonna fly by before you know it, there's gonna be a lot of hoopla all over the place, I mean, to me, it's been the best year of my life, like, it's been so much fun being able to speak on behalf of the student body, to create new different projects. When And I think my, uh, my efforts have been reflected not only by what people are saying about me now um, and my friends, but also some of the awards that we've been able to win. Uh, there's a, a, a conference called the Conference of Student Government Associations. And so there's roughly like 90 student governments from other universities and colleges throughout the country. And uh, we were able to win Student Government of the Year. Wow. Yeah, so, my man, so, let's go. So it's like things like that. Like even I've never met these Student Government Advisors that like vote on it. 
Um, they all meet and like kind of decide. I've never met them. They've never met me. All they know is what they've seen in the award packet that we've sent. Um, and really kind of maybe they delved into our, our Facebook or something of that nature. If they would have um, met you, it just would have helped. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been you. I, I appreciate that, man. And so it's just really being able to stay on the path and the vision that you you set out to and the promise that you set to the students when I ran for student vice president alongside my vice president treasurer, David and Stefan. That's awesome. So you said you're uh, you're going to work for P&G mm-hmm. after this. Yep. So I guess let's talk about your future and the next five years. Like, where would you like to be? And specifically, what are you doing with P&G? Yeah, so I'll start off with that second question. So I'll be working on the Kroger team. And so Kroger, if you didn't know, is a um, national uh, grocery company throughout the entire United States. And I'll be working specifically on their personal health care sector. So being able to work with uh, directors and executives of Kroger on how to better sell our P&G products. So that ranges everything from Z-Quil, Day-Quil, Nyquil to VIX, Clear Blue, Prilosec OTC, right, right, Align, right. etc. A lot. And yeah, a lot. And that's just within the personal health healthcare category of Procter & Gamble. We also have home care, fabric care, baby and feminine, etc. It's a $66 billion annually uh, revenue generated company. And so I would say five years from now, I would still hopefully uh, move up within the company, being able to do this kind of work and then see where that takes me. Um, but like with, with a company and with a corporation so large, you really no, don't know where you're going to be in five years. Right. I, I just want in five years to be happy, to be productive, be efficient, and actually create meaningful work with whatever I'm doing. For sure. And do you think being student body president like played a huge role in you getting this job and everything? Oh, for or sure. Think, yeah. For sure. Especially because... Because like running for student by president, I took a gamble on myself. So within student government, you can't really do internships over the summer um, because a lot of the work we do, do, especially with the budget, when I had to plan it, is over the summer. And so I took a gamble that this is what this is my why, and hopefully recruiters will see like, yes, I didn't, I only had two internships, but they'll be able to see that I had a purpose and that I saw it through. And I think PNG definitely saw that. And then additionally, being able to kind of showcase a story would really help. So like I'm also getting my master's in international business. But after my freshman year, I studied abroad in London and actually interned at the London Marriott Hotel in their finance department. So you're very diverse. Right. So like it's not just the student by president aspect. It's showcasing that what I'm learning in the classroom, I didn't just do it just to get a master's program. Like I actually have like a real focus in international business. For sure, and the experience you got from running a school, like, yeah. you literally can't beat that. I yeah. mean, you got to deal with some real-life problems. Oh, for sure. Life, like, yeah. And, like, I would say, like, my um, my final round of interviewers, like, they were, they said, like, that was, like, one of the most impressive things about me was that they knew they would be able to trust me with a large amount of money because not only have I planned and allocated it, I've done it efficiently and with a microscope on me because if I mismanage funds or I miss say the wrong thing, like I can't get sued, mm-hmm. like I, I can't lose my position, like I'm technically a public figure. I don't like that word, but like according to Florida state law, that, that's what I am. Right. And so being able to recognize that responsibility and, and do it with class, as they say, um, really, I think hopefully hope had me stand out. 
For sure, and you did it under a lot of stress too. Yeah. So since you were elected as student body president, mm -hmm. have you found that people have been treating you different, even like the people you know as friends and strangers also? So I'll hit on that second part. So my friends, not really. Um, I feel like my friends have done a great job of like keeping me in line and also like keeping my head not from being right, big. Right, right. Um, just by like allowing me to like see like perspective. Like it's yes, my my role has a lot of weight, power, and influence. But at the end of the day, I'm just a regular student, just like anyone else at the University of Florida. And so being able to have friends that can have you laugh through the hard times, but also celebrate the good times is really good. And then from strangers. It ha I have seen it just from walking, let's say, like, in the, like going to the gym or, like, walking through Turlington or walking on campus. Like, you can definitely see, like, people look at you and, like, they'll do, like, a double take as if, like, oh, like, that's, that's Ian. But, like, I don't know who they are, which is, right. which is really weird um, to say the least, especially like, when people, like, want to take pictures with you. It's like, who am I for you to take a picture with? Like, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm a, a kid from Atlanta, Georgia that happens to go to school here. So that's probably been the biggest change but um other than that it's been it's been a really cool year i'm glad you think like that because some people their ego would get really inflated and they'd be like yeah i'm the shit no it's like, <laughs> like, it's like you want a picture of me yeah it's like I like, like, <laughs> like okay like i like i don't think i'm like that special so it's it's always weird when people ask and like i'm not gonna say no because then i feel that it makes a situation weirder because then like they open themselves up kind of right, little, right, right. like almost being in a sense, vulnerable, and for me to just be like, no, would be like, for sure. Man. Yeah, like, I want, I want to be an asshole, you know. Yeah. So it, it's a balancing act for sure. All right. So one question that I do ask everyone who comes on the show okay. is, if you were to give some advice or encouragement to someone out there who has big dreams or aspirations, maybe they want to be a student body president of their school one day. What would you tell them if they're not pursuing it because they're afraid of what other people think or like? you know, their friends, their parents, something like that, what would you tell them? I mean, if if this is if this is something that you have thought about and if you're religious, if something you've prayed about is something that you think is in line with your why, then I say go for it. Nothing in life that is successful or big or transformational has ever been done by being ordinary, average, or mediocre. If this is something that you really want to go for, go for it because you can't you can't half ass it. Like that that's truly who you are that's truly the I guess legacy that you want to live or what you want to go for then go for it like don't be scared because like the only way you're gonna reach true success and true happiness is if you're doing what you personally want to do not what other people want to do for you yeah you killed it man thank you so much for hey, being on the of interview. course thank you for having me man that was amazing it. I hope you guys got some good knowledge from that I know I did I always like having these conversations with you that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it and were able to take away some tremendous value from it. Now, I want to remind you that knowledge is only power if you make the effort to actually take action and implement it into your daily life. I can assure you, if you just listen to the podcast, take zero notes, and don't make an effort to take the practical tools we provide you and put it into daily practice, 90% of the info will be out the window within a week. Guaranteed. It's just how it works. So do me a favor and review your notes to see how you can implement what you just learned from the podcast. It will help you tremendously. So as a bonus, every week I'll be picking one person on Instagram who screenshots the podcast and tags at real underscore driven 
to give away one piece of RD merch of your choosing. Hats, shirts, whatever you guys like. So with that being said, I hope you all have a kick-ass day and I'll see you next time.